We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The world has changed. And Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams. The following podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be sent to DeSantisProd at gmail.com. Hey, everybody. When it's time to get work done around my house and I need to get the proper tools, Lowe's is my new go-to destination. There I can explore the latest innovative Craftsman products, including their new V20 Power Tool battery platform. Lowe's is the new home of Craftsman. Let me tell you why. Craftsman makes it easy to get the job done, and now it's even easier to ensure that you have enough power for any tool at any time. With their new V20 battery platform, it's one battery system for multiple products. It's the holidays, folks. There's lots of things to plug into. And you can now shop for a variety of products, including two-tool, four-tool, six-tool, and eight-tool power-tool combo kits, all with a two-amp battery. All of Craftsman's products are proudly made in the USA with global materials in Charlotte, North Carolina. The world has changed, and Microsoft Teams is there to help us stay connected. Teams is the safe and secure way to chat, meet, call, and collaborate. To learn more, visit Microsoft.com slash Teams. And now you can shop many great Craftsman products at Lowe's or online at Lowe's.com. So for the latest Craftsman product updates, visit Lowe's.com slash Buffer. That's Lowe's.com forward slash Buffer. It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now, it's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about everything on It's Time. Politics, President Trump, UFC, film, TV, sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's no holes barred radio, folks. I'm here with my co-host, TJ DeSantis. TJ, the week that was was a busy week that was. Definitely a UFC week that was. I know you were busy with EBI. Lots of things going on. We've got time to talk about it. But before I do anything... Aside from asking how you are, hoping you're in great shape. I'm ready great. To go. You know me, Buff. I'm durable. Fair. That's what I want to hear. And um, we had another major passing last week, a passing which needs to be noted on It's Time Radio. Uh, President George Bush Sr. 
the 41st president, whose steady hand of foreign policy led the nation through a period of huge sweeping global change, died at the age of 94. He lived a very long, very fruitful life. Some people know about George Sr. He was the son of a senator, and he was also, this is something people do not know as a rule, he's a celebrated World War II combat pilot, TJ. Uh, he was an athlete, he was an oil man, Republican congressman, did a lot for politics, respected by many. Um, his wife, Barbara Bush, passed away at the age of 92. And uh, what can I say but my condolences, best wishes, everything go out to the family and loved ones of President George H.W. Bush. No doubt. Um, it, it's interesting how history reflects that he truly is one of the great presidents of our time. Like, they, they say that there's that, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and in, in, when it comes to presidents, you need to be removed maybe, you know, two terms or three terms to really see how uh, a president's impact and influence affects future, and George H.W. Bush, Bush for, the, for the most part, Bruce, uh, is believed to be a, a really great president, and it's kind of lost in history that he was only a one-term president, that he was you know, supplanted and replaced by Bill Clinton, and I mean, as as a kid growing up in that time, I thought that George H.W. Bush wasn't a good president because he was, you know, not a, a two term president. But history and documentaries and, and independent news parties will will show that H.W. Bush was was pretty amazing. He was amazing. And he had a huge love for this country. And I will say without getting political in this conversation, he was very, very well respected by many to be a fine president. Uh, his family has a lineage of, you know, political people, obviously George uh, Bush Jr. taking over as president at a later time, uh, Jeb Bush, um, the governor of uh, uh, the state of Florida, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, there's a lot in there. So with all the nice things being said, I want to keep it on a nice note. There's enough controversy going on with our current president of the United States. It does not relate to George Bush Sr. And those of you that were not happy with the presidency of George Bush Jr. or were happy, just remember that it does not relate to the father. These are two separate presidents. And again, all my best to the family and loved ones. And thank you, George Bush Sr., for all you did for this country and your service to this country during World War II. With that being said, uh, let's move on a bit. Eddie Bravo is going to be on the show, a little MIA today. I know he's a very busy man. But, TJ, you were busy. You were at the EBI show on Sunday. You have a good show? Yeah, it was good. We were in Austin, Texas. It was the second straight year that uh, EBI touchdown in Austin and uh yeah had a blast I, I really enjoyed it and uh you know the tournament you've been there for many EBIs the tournament always seems to entertain even if you're not the biggest submission grappling uh fan in the world uh the the tournament sort of sucks you in there's some high drama and uh we saw a 21 year old uh young lady 115 pound uh, title was on the line uh the tournament was the the straw weights and we saw uh Misa Bastos a young Brazilian woman walk away with the gold and uh you know, she's a new champ, earned $10,000 in the process, and, uh, yeah, EBI going strong. Well, that was in female, all-female EBI show, correct? Correct, yep. And I did the last all-female EBI show, and I remember when I was done with that show, I even told you, I said, this was actually the most exciting EBI show. Not that they aren't exciting at all, because they're very exciting. That's why I like doing it when I'm available. But as in the UFC octagon, when the ladies and the girls hit the mat at EBI, they give it their all. And they put on a hell of a show. So I'm glad to hear it all went well. Yeah. Now, I know that coming up, you've got a big show, if not mistaken. It's February 22nd um, that's coming up, which is going to be a four-man tournament. 
Tell us about that because there's some names in that that oh, UFC man. fans are going to like, I want to watch this. Yeah. And I do. I want to announce it, but I can't. I want, I'll be busy, but go for it. Combat Jiu-Jitsu Fight Night. It takes place in uh, beautiful Monterey, Mexico on February 22nd. Uh, it's a four-man, one-night tournament. The, I mean, you, you know this better than anybody. The, the sort of featured match, the champion always goes first. The first fight mm-hmm. of the night is, is almost the main event in a roundabout way. And uh, the first fight of the night is going to be Fabricio Verdum, the former UFC heavyweight champion, taking on the undefeated EBI competitor in Gordon the King Ryan. That's one part of the four-man tournament. The other part, former UFC heavyweight champion Josh Barnett taking on Vinny Magalish, who is an accomplished grappler and a solid mixed martial artist in his own right. Like, this is a combat jiu-jitsu tournament, so it's, it's the, the palm strikes on the floor. Uh, there's going to be a big prize, a lot of bragging rights on the line. But uh, think about that. Two former UFC heavyweight champions, one of the submission grappling world's, you know, breakout stars over the last years, and a true veteran in the submission space in Vinny Magalish. It just doesn't get any better than this tournament. And I think it, it, it's a strong showing on, on where this rule set is moving forward that, that Eddie Bravo and Master Vic you know, feel that th- this sport is going and to get those names involved, Bruce, it's, it's truly going to be a special event. No, it's going to be a special event. It also tells me they're throwing out some cash because you're not going to get Fabricio Verdum, much less Josh Burnett to come in there for peanuts. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm glad to see this. Now, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Verdum, if I'm not mistaken, is dealing with an Asada issue. Correct. So this, this, this isn't mixed martial arts. This is combat jiu-jitsu. It's a different sport altogether. It's overseen by different people. So he's good. Uh, a lot of people were, were talking about that. But, yeah, there is no uh, sanction on him for doing grappling competitions. Okay, great. Good to hear it. I wish I could be there to announce it. I definitely will catch a repeat of it because I will be in somewhere for the UFC on that date. I forget, but I know it's coming up. Um, okay, now, uh, the day before, excuse me. UFC 231, Toronto, Canada. Canada fans, Canadian fans, UFC fans, thank you again. Your energy is through the roof. Your courtesy is through the roof. Your fandom is through the roof. It is such a pleasure to go and roar from the octagon in the country of Canada, no matter where we're at. But here, Toronto, we filled 55,000 people there at the Rogers Center. Here we're at the Scotiabank Arena, completely sold out. Exciting night of fights from beginning to end. Um, can't say enough about the performances of many. I have to, before we get into the main event, which everybody wants to talk about, but one of the biggest uh, impressive performances that night, aside from the others, was Nina Azarov, Azarov against Claudia Gadelia. I mean, wow, yeah. she was a four, I think a, a 450 or 350 to one underdog. Yeah, I had a four to one on my notes. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Four to one. And comes in here and does that, you know, with Claudia. Wow. I was very impressed. Very impressed. Uh, Yeah, no, it was it was something that blew me away. I came in in literally the final 30 seconds of the fight because I was traveling and uh, I turned it on and was just like, wait, what? What happened? Yeah. Okay. All right. And people weren't booing like people. People believe that that was the proper decision. And uh, I'm sorry, man. Like, I just. No offense to Nina Ansaroff, just the, the odds were so uh, long that for, for her to earn a decision, that would have been one of the last ways that I, I would have thought that Nina would have won that fight. Yeah, and she did, and, and kudos to her. Uh, you know, man in her corner, American top team in her trainer quarter. Uh, all the power to her, doesn't take anything away from Claudia. We know what a, what a warrior she is. She'll be back. Nina's back with a whole new sense of uh, 
uh, possibility towards, you know, fighting for a championship. Good for her. Good for her. That's a nice Christmas gift. And uh, again, I look forward to announcing both of them in the cage again very, very soon. Now, another female fight that happened with Jessica I and Caitlin Chikugian. Um, Wow. So Chukagian. That's okay. Chukagian. I didn't have it in front of me in my phonetics, <laughs> but I've had Caitlin on the show too. It, so it, it's, part, a, part it's amazing how awesome you do in the octagon when it counts. I've never heard you really make a bad mistake in the octagon. I've heard you destroy it here on the show, but if you're yeah, going to yeah. do it somewhere, <laughs> you might as well do it here, right? Well, to my defense, yes, to my defense, and I'm not an excuse maker at all, and you know that. I'll be honest with you, TJ. I have been in China. I have been in Australia. I came home for two days from China, went to Australia. I came home for two days, went to Toronto. I leave for Milwaukee in two days. I am feeling great, energy great. I'll perform to my best ability in the octagon, but I will tell you today I'm definitely feeling a little jet lag. It, 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 just, it, it just all catches up, and I've got a huge day ahead of me, but it's all good. No excuse to be made. Just uh, make an excuse. <laughs> that's all right. That's, that's, you, you get to make right. an excuse when you're the great first buffer. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, thank you for that. I would never say that about myself, but I'm just kind of like poking fun at myself right now. Now, let's go into the main card. Um, credit to all the fighters. Oh, Elias Theodoro, uh, Eric Anders. Elias Theodoro has one of the more unorthodox uh, movements around the octagon, almost like a dancer, but he gets the job done. And he was facing a, a monster in Eric Anders. And uh, congratulations to Elias on his fight. Very happy for that. Tiago Santos and Jimmy Manoa. This first round was one of the greatest first rounds of the year, in my opinion. Between these two guys displaying skill and, and, uh, and grace at 205 pounds that most light heavyweights cannot move, you know, do not move like that in respect to like Tiago Santos. If, if you caught that fight and see some of the moves he made against Jimmy and, and the way it all panned out, and Tiago Santos came up from middleweight to light heavyweight, and I look at him as light heavyweight, and I'm like, how did you ever become a middleweight? I mean, this man is solid muscle and, and a 205-er to the truest uh, detail, in my opinion. Hell of a fight. Did, did you get a chance to see that one? I did not, but I heard uh, we, some great things about it. Uh, that's all I can tell you. Catch that first round, much less the entire fight. Hakeem uh, Dawadu making his point against Kyle Bokniak. Alex Oliveira, forever entertaining, as always. Gunnar Nelson, he's just a tough man to beat. And Alex gave it his all. A very bloody uh, bout, no question. Um, but now we go into the co-main event with Joanna Jurjacek, Valentina Shevchenko. Would you agree, before or after this fight, that if you look at the power and the skill of Shevchenko, am I looking at another, whether the marketing ability is there or as, as well or not as well, but are we looking at another dominating Ronda Rousey force in the UFC? I mean, this, this one is dominant. There's no question. Yeah, What's I mean, her... I wouldn't go as that far to say she could be on that Rousey type of uh, trajectory. Never say never. Never Don't say never. Wrong, but um, she's gonna be tough to beat, though. She's definitely gonna be tough to beat. And uh, at 125, that seems to be her weight class. So, do you think Ioana should stay with 115? Yeah, personally, I do. I mean, coming up short to Rose Namajunas, th there's no shame in that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I believe that. Joanna is always one, two, three fights away from, you know, being back in that title picture. And honestly, like it's it's hard to pick against her. You know, styles make fights. I I know that we all know that. And and right now it seems like Rose Namajunas has her number, but never never count out Joanna Champion. I agree. Never count her out. Um, and never count out Brian Ortega. 
Okay. It was a battle. It was a four round war. It was display of heart. It was display of the heart of a lion, the skills of a champion, but it wasn't his night. He didn't get the belt put around him. Max Holloway proving to be one of the great featherweights of all time. Uh, his striking. So, Oh God, just punishing, punishing, striking Brian's head movement, everything else is there. I wish the only thing I could say is that I think he would have soared maybe half the punches he absorbed had his hands been up more defensive-wise. Did you think that at all when you watched the fight? I actually thought that Brian was taking over in the he was. He third, was in the round. third and, round. And I thought, yep. I thought, okay, Ortega's going to come out here and you know maybe surge his way to a victory in rounds four and five. And I, I saw in the corner Holloway tell Joe Rogan, I'm going to finish him now. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? I don't even think you're winning the fight. Like, the momentum's not on your side in this moment. And Max Holloway came out and proved that he is truly one of the best featherweights of all time. He's clearly the best featherweight right now. He might be the best featherweight of all time. I mean, in his last, you know, three fights, he's beat Jose Aldo twice, who's the only other man that can really lay claim to that honor. So Max Holloway... I don't know. Maybe, maybe 155 is in his immediate future, but dude's a warrior and, and truly one of the pound for pound best. Yeah, and I can see why 155 would be in his future. I mean, I know he walks around, or I've been told that he walks around about 185, which when you think about that, that's 40 pounds heavier than uh, the weight he fought at on Saturday night. Um, Brian Ortega, I can't say enough about Brian Ortega. We had him on the show in a repeat performance last week from an archive show. Uh, you know how I feel about Brian as a human being, as a role model, as one of the most highly skilled mixed martial artists on the fa plant face of the planet Earth. Um, I do believe, and you said this last week, that even though Brian was defeated, he gained tremendous points in this fight. And I heard that Dana White was so impressed with this fight, if I'm not mistaken, I, I read something that he was going to double their base pay for this fight. Did you hear that also? I did not. But yeah, if there was any, I, any time worth doing something like that, now's the time. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, they put everything they had. I do believe, as you believe, Brian Ortega will be a champion someday. I think he is destined to have gold put around his waist and have that title to walk around with proudly. Um, but I know that he's, you know, he broke his nose, I understand. He broke the thumb on his hand. Uh, he was in a war. He will be back with those injuries. Um, I'd hate to think, what do you think, six-month layoff? Uh, I think he was suspended six months. I think that was the um, suspension handed down by the athletic commission and hard not to uh, argue with that, but you know, he's a warrior. It's the first loss of his career. Uh, I'm sure he'll go do the proper things necessary to uh, heal up and come back better than ever. Yeah. And their camp, Cron Gracie, Allen striking coach, the whole bit, they'll, they'll go back to the homework. They'll get it done. What's next for him? I mean, is there, do you think that this is uh, as soon as he gets healthy and come back, depending where Max is, uh, does he fight for the title of featherweight again? Or does he come up? Again, it's a question probably hard for either one of us to answer. Yeah, I mean, time will, will tell, but we'll see what happens. I I, I mean, I, I think that Max Holloway is going to end up fighting at 55 sooner than later. And if that's the case, Brian Ortega will, I mean, he, he's the best uh, featherweight outside of Max Holloway. And uh, and the fight was competitive, too. It's just Holloway took oh, over, God. you know? So uh, if, well, he they, took if they rematch, then sure, I'm, I'm good with that, but... Uh, like you said, I still believe that Brian Ortega will probably enjoy UFC gold wrapped around his waist at one point or another, and uh, I'll be excited to see whomever he fights next. Yeah, and I did give him round number three. I gave Brian round number three on that mm -hmm. fight, which you said you did too? I did, yep. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, now we come up to Fox 3. Uh, Fox, excuse me, the Fox Network show, which is happening on Saturday, Fox UFC Fight Night. This, due to the new SPN deal, is the last official Fox UFC Fight Night show for the year. Um, we've got a good show for everybody. we got Ensign Barboza coming in against Dan Hooker, Sergio Pettis fighting in front of his home state crowd against Rob Font, Jim Miller. God, Jim Miller. I mean, what does he fight every two weeks? Jim Miller and Charles Oliveira. That's going to be a definite go for it all. Um, the main event is Kevin Lee and Ally Aquinta, both two outspoken individuals. I think we're going to have a very skilled, exciting fight there. This is a very solid night of action. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, check your listings. Of course, we have Fox Sports 1 for the prelims, Fox Channel 11 for the main card here in the United States. Everybody internationally listening. Well, okay, real quick. Not Channel 11 everywhere in the United States. Only Channel 11 here in Southern California. Oh, Fox Check your local listings to see what your Fox yes. number is. But, yeah, Big Fox. Big Fox. Big Fox. I'm so used to 11 here in California. So, Big Fox. Thank you for that, TJ. I appreciate no it. Now, with that being the last Fox show, people say, okay, well, ESPN. ESPN has signed what was reported to be $150 million dollar excuse me 300 million dollar uh deal a year worth 1.5 billion over the course of time it was signed for this starts in january the question people have tj and maybe you can answer this with me is where do you watch the ufc so now i understand and tell me if i'm correct in telling our people this at 4.99 a month it's the espn plus correct that's uh, yeah channel. i mean well not always uh espn plus is essentially going to serve as your fs1 uh, right. So you're going to have some shows on on regular ESPN, but yeah, uh, you know ESPN Family Networks. If the UFC is good at doing anything, it's it's telling you where they're going to be visible, and yeah, you'll be able to see uh, UFC on ESPN Plus and as well as ESPN. Yeah, very exciting. Starts in January. Um, already got the schedule. A lot of shows set. First ESPN show. We got pay per views. Get ready, folks. The UFC is just going to get bigger. This move to ESPN. Not saying anything. Sliding Fox, who's been incredible. I love Fox. It's been great working with them for the last seven years or so. Um, but it's time to move on per the powers that be at the UFC and ESPN. Here we come. So looking forward to this move. It's going to make the sport and the UFC more popular than ever. TJ, um, switching over to other sports here. In the NBA, okay, Tristan Thompson, right? Uh, he's a Cleveland Cavaliers star. He gave a one-finger salute, the bird, to a fan, right? They slapped him for a $15,000 fine for flipping off hecklers at the New Jersey Nets game on Monday, right? What do you think about this, TJ? I mean, it's a bargain compared to the $25,000 fines that Thompson's received in the past, but now we see the bird flipped out by MMA star, you know, athletes. It's a different sport. It's a different sport that's more conservative. I mean, you, you've still uh, cr criticized and chastised, you know, people like the Diaz brothers for doing it, and, and I have no problem with you criticizing them for doing it, but, I mean... The league, any mainstream stick and ball sport is going to come down hard on its athletes for acting like that. Where in MMA, it's still not ideal, but you know, people are punching and elbowing and kneeing each other in the face. Like uh, a finger is really not the worst thing at the end of the day. No, I'm not saying it's the worst thing, but, you know, it's a class factor that is what I preach about. Yeah, but not everyone's classy. No, no, I got, no, I got you. I'm not going to argue about it. I mean, I, I'm just wondering what your opinion is. Is that something that should ever be handed down? For no. let's say you're you're doing an interview, you throw out sixteen f bombs. You got kids sure. watching. Well, f bombs you give are fingers. different. F bombs are different. Timmy, I'm sorry. A finger is a finger, and f bombs, especially if you're on, you know, like Fox, mm -hmm. well, there's repercussions for that. You can't swear on public television. So yeah, but it ha but it happens. Nobody's getting right, but uh, no one's no one's thrown out like 
16 straight. Maybe Nate Diaz did one time. But I think that was on FS1. <laughs> but, I, I mean, I don't know. I, again, to me, in combat sports, we're more accepting of that sort of behavior. Also, too, because there's a lot more passion on the line when two human beings are fighting one another rather than two teams are playing one another. Well, let me just say this. It, you know, when I talk about this and I talk about it to the fighters, too, um, it's not so much – it is – so much a class factor with me is why I'm saying that. But I go beyond it as far as branding and your personal brand and IP, which is intellectual property that you're trying to build as a fighter. When you're talking about sponsors, do you want to be sponsored by Coca-Cola or do you want to be sponsored by, as an example, Tita's old sponsor, Spanky's, right? I mean, which do you want to be sponsored by if that's your goal? I, I look at it from a standpoint of a full circle, not just a momentary action. And that's why I, that's one of the key reasons, along with my class factor reason, that I talk about it the way I do. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to find an argument with me, Buff. Okay. Now, let's go on. Another guy that's getting a little bit of, uh, not a lot, a lot of public opinion against what he does in his personal life and what he does in his business life. We'll start off with, with Kevin Hart, you know, one of my favorite comedians, funny as heck. Hell of a poker player, too, by the way. Um, what happened a couple weeks ago, he threw a birthday party for his son on Thanksgiving, right? And uh, no, excuse me. He threw a cowboy and Indian party on Thanksgiving at his private party, private home and his private party for his son and his friends where they came dressed up as cowboys and Indians. TJ, did you play cowboys and Indians when you were a kid? No. Okay. Do you have a problem with him having a cowboy and Indian party? Personally? Yeah, no, that's my question. no, but I also don't have a problem with someone being offended by it either. Yes, I agree that there, there is a, there is a chance you're walking a, th a thin line there. So that was number one. He got that. Now they elected Kevin Hart to be the host of the Oscars, right? And it was a done deal. Immediately criticism came down because in the past, Kevin Hart, you know, in the stand-up comedy acts or in tweets or whatever, supposedly he made derogatory comments um, to the LGBTQ community, the lesbian and gay community, um, which is coming up in his past. So he got uh, backlash for that, and now he has stepped down. Uh, for as being a host of the Oscars. So I actually, when I first heard he was going to be a host of the Oscars, I was like, are you sure they, <laughs> are you sure Oscar Academy, you want to do this? And my reason wasn't because of what he was, what he stepped down for, but the controversies came up. So in two weeks, he's been hit with personal controversy, professional controversy. TJ, how much money do you think you make for hosting the Oscars? Oh, I, I don't, I can't. Do you think it's a lot? It. Yeah. You think yeah. it's a lot of money? Yeah, probably. It's not, it's not. Jimmy oh. Kimmel got, Jimmy Kimmel got, which is a lot of money by anybody's standards, but he got $15,000 for hosting the Oscars in 2017. Yeah, I definitely thought that that hosting gig would be more than I make in a year. And that's, yeah. not, I mean, I make more than 15 grand in a year, so that's good. Thank God for that. Right. But uh, obviously it's just the prestige as I take certain, you know, jobs because it's good uh, marketing for my brand. It, it puts you out there. You know, there's, there's always those considerations to make when you're, when you're taking a televised or a major public appearance of some sort. But 15000 for a week of rehearsals, everything else, it's about being seen by 30, 40, 50 million people around right. the world. Or how it, many is. I think the Super Bowl halftime musicians don't get paid for their performances, so it's not, you know. I jump out at halftime in a, in a heartbeat, right? Yeah. A heartbeat. Yeah. Heartbeat. Pay me a penny. Put it on the slot. Tax it. Do whatever you want. Take half my penny. It's all good. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, DJ Khaled, Floyd Mayweather Jr., charged with promoting cryptocurrency without disclosing they were paid. Interesting. Okay. They promoted 
uh, initial cryptocurrency coin offerings, but not saying they got paid. Well, this is a problem with the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is the SEC. Okay, they said that cryptocurrency coins sold an additional an initial coin offerings. You know what I'm talking about, the Bitcoins and all like that, that type of stuff, may be considered securities and are subject to federal securities laws. Mayweather failed to disclose he got $300,000 from three different issuers, including $100,000 from Centra Tech. Khalid refused to disclose his $50,000 payment from the same company. Therefore, the SEC uh, basically said it was fraudulent. So now Mayweather and uh, Khalid have to pay fines and are dealing with this issue right now. So all I can say is when you're given a chance to be a spokesperson for something, make sure you do your homework, folks, or make sure your agent or your manager does their homework because that payday you got just disappeared, and now you got to pay out more. Not much to be said on that, just a little reporting in the news. Yeah, I uh, still don't even know how that works, like what a Bitcoin is and how do I get one. And I, know how it, I know how it works. I know how it works. Here's how it works. No, you don't need to explain it to me. I've no, heard, no, 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 you, no, you love this. You love this. I've, I've, okay. I bought Bitcoin at 1600 Uh-huh. And it's worth thirty five hundred. That's how it works. I just lost seventy five percent of my investment because I bought at the wrong time, Hang which on. is the big key of these you things. Just told, I didn't buy that you, just, you just told me that you bought it at sixteen hundred, and now it's worth thirty five hundred. It's uh, worth. I got to check it this morning. Hey, no, no. It, if you bought it at sixteen hundred, and now it's worth. Oh no no no! <laughs> Hold on, jet lag, baby. Right, jet lag. Right, coming in. I'll tell you real quick. Bitcoin is now. No, I bought it at um, sixteen thousand. And it is now today, it is at 3366 Dang. Yeah. Man, am I smart. I am so smart. Aren't I? With my money? Isn't that great? Our pal Luca Fury has made a lot of money on cryptocurrency. You told me he retired because of it, right? Yeah. Good for him. And I know people that have made millions off it. But why? Because like a pyramid scheme or whatever, or at the right time in any business, they got in at the right time. Right? And back before the end of the year, they're publicizing a number of people. So I just threw a little bit, not a lot, just a little bit into it, see where it went. But it went, it went away. There you go. Maybe it'll come back. I'll find out. Maybe I'll be alive when it comes back someday. Okay. Um, WWE chairman, Vince McMahon, he is rebooting the XFL. They're doing it in a big way, right? He already recently sold shares of the company that are worth more than $22 million. He's already made $22 million. Right. And it hasn't even started yet. How much did he lose the first time? I don't know. And the question is, was it his money or somebody else's money? Because, as you know, how I do it, OPM, which folks out there from investment purposes or your business people that know this OPM stands for other people's money. Best way to make an investment in business. Be an OPMer. other people's money. Get your fair share. Do your work. Do it right. Collect the windfall. No downside. I'll make Best a lot. I'll make a lot of investments with other people's money. So anybody yeah, wants sure to give me some. I'm sure you will. The, um, here's something that's interesting, and I've got to talk to these people. Celebrity Deathmatch is coming back, TJ. I know. I thought about that, and I thought immediately of you. Mm -hmm. Well, I, first, my brother Michael, who was one of the original. Right. No, uh, no, no offense to Michael, yeah. but it's 2018. Yeah. It's time. Sorry. Yeah, I hear you. It's time. I. It's time for me to make a phone call to see if it's time for Michael Buffer and Bruce Buffer to do something in Celebrity Deathmatch. How's that? How about, how about a deathmatch? Ooh, that could be a fun one. But yeah. you know what? I'm not the creative guy. Never want to hurt my brother, but I'll rip his claymation head off. Of course. <laughs> it's just clay. It's clay at the end of the it's day. It's clay. It's clay, and you can put it back on. No problem. But I used to be a big fan of Celebrity Deathmatch. I watched all of them. You once, know, even before once, once Celebrity Deathmatch left MTV, I had no reason to watch MTV anymore. 
I never watched MT except for Celebrity Deathmatch. Yep. That was it. I'm yep. like you. Yep. No problem. I'm back. I'm back yep. if, if it's on again. So. Well, I'm very impressed with Ice Cube and everything he's done in his career. But he's set to star in it and to produce it. And I think he's perfect for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Be a fun guy to work with, too. Anyway, I found that very interesting. Thought you'd see that. A little collectible action. Um, not knowing why, but Tim Brown, the, the great receiver, um, his eight, 1987 Heisman Trophy just was auctioned off, and the winning bid was $435,000. No kidding. Wow. Did he sell it, or was it someone that's, else that was already selling it? You know, that's what I'm trying to find out here. Uh, it says he won the trophy, you know, at in his that legendary year he had at Notre Dame. Right. Caught 137 passes for like 2,500 yards, 22 touchdowns. Uh, oh, the Hall of Fame. Yep. The NFL Hall of Famer sold the trophy in a private sale in 2017. The person who bought it uh, was consigned to Goldwyn Auctions. Yeah, he let it go. Now, it's the most high. It's the most expensive Heisman ever sold. Rashawn Salam's 94 trophy sold also in 2019 for 399,000. Charles White's 79 trophy was sold in 2000 for 184,000. And O.J. Simpson's. Uh, Heisman Trophy went for a quarter million, 255 to be exact, in 1999. So, there you go. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing that bothers me. Uh, not bothers me. That occurs to me. Maybe bothers me. I think um, it bothers you. It bothers me. I, I, it bothers me the standpoint, like, where are they at financially in their lives? Because I hope after all they've done, given the entertainment they've given, giving their body parts and, and, and health that they've given to play the great sport of football, that... They didn't have to sell it because of financial reasons. But if they did, that's what you sell your collectibles for. So that's always a question. You know, right. in the back I mean, level. sometimes I think these athletes sell it for financial reasons. Other times, I mean, I've met a lot of great athletes, and mixed martial artists included, that they have these iconic pieces of memorabilia from their careers. And to some, it just doesn't matter. It's just a trophy that they won. Even a Heisman trophy, it's just a trophy that they won. Not everyone displays it and in, in feels the sort of uh, infatuation with those tokens of accomplishment, um, you know, that, that everyone else does. And, and sometimes the athletes that have lived it, it just, it's something that they picked up. And if it's worth a you know, couple hundred thousand dollars, if it doesn't mean anything to them, might as well turn it into something else. Yep. I agree. I agree. So anyway, interesting stuff. Here's a couple of feel good stories before we sign off, you know, this horrific fire, the Northern California campfire. Yeah. Uh, there was a woman, 75-year-old woman named Andrea Gaylord, and she had to evacuate her home, but when she evacuated her home, uh, she couldn't find her two dogs. And her one dog, um, Madison, when she was able to get back to her home, Madison was sitting there in front of her home guarding her house. She couldn't find her dog, but when she went back to her house, there was her dog waiting for her in front of her house. So she got reunited with her dog. It's amazing. You know, some people say animals don't have feelings. We hear these oh stories God. all the time. Give, give me Please. a break. Yeah, give me a break. No, you don't have feelings if you think animals don't have feelings. Yeah, if you don't think animals have feelings, I, I question that you've ever met an animal. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, you hear these stories where they'll lay at the feet of the grave, you know, the, at the grave site. Yeah. Here's an here's example here. He was missing. She was missing him. He was missing her. He was missing his home. And there's that loyal, beautiful animal sitting there waiting for her. another beautiful story. A Christmas story that I love talking about because we are approaching, we're in the holidays rather, and all the beauty of Christmas, one of my favorite, if not my favorite time of year. Oh, it's the greatest time of year. It's the I mean, greatest unfortunately, time it's one of the most busy times of the year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, but it, it really is one of the greatest times of the year. On that animal tip in Christmas, 
Uh, Tip, look at your phone right now, Bruce. I just sent you a text message. Pull oh, it up. This? You see what's it? This? Yeah. Is that your dog? That's my son's Christmas gift. Oh, my God. This is out of Oliver Twist. This is the Great Terrier. What do they call it? A Bulldog Terrier? What it's, do they call it? Yeah, it's a Bull Terrier. And um, my wife has been terrified of dogs my entire time with her. So when right. I started dating her, I had to give my parents my dog because it was either her or my dog. And, I mean, I lived at home with my parents, so I moved out. The dog didn't move with me, essentially, right? And uh, it's killed me inside. And I, you know, I, I chose my wife over dogs, right? And that's what you're supposed to do. Uh, finally, after 13 years, we recently met a bull terrier that my wife absolutely fell in love with. And a week later, I found a bull terrier puppy. I've laid down the deposit, and I get her the night before Christmas. And I'm so excited, Bruce. You have no idea. And she's just, you saw the picture of her. She's the most adorable little thing. Oh, it's beautiful. And again, if you ever see the original movie, Oliver Twist, um, that is the dog that the, uh, I forget his name, uh, the guy that was teaching him how to steal and everything, that was his dog. This dog is exactly like that dog. I love this dog. This dog's a great looking dog. Good choice. Where's the dog now? When do you give him to your son? Uh, So he's, uh, or she, sorry, is only uh, about seven weeks old. So we can't have her until she's eight weeks old. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's at a she's at a breeder, which I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you should adopt. You shouldn't, you know, shop. And, and I understand that. But uh, my wife is very uh, picky about bringing in a dog. She exclusively wants a bull terrier. It's very hard to bring a bull terrier into home with children or other pets. We have two cats unless they've been acclimated to them. And, right. uh, you know, this is something that uh, I've, I've rescued every other pet that I've ever had in my life. And uh, I kind of feel bad about shopping and, and buying a puppy, but uh, you know we got to make an exception this time, and uh, I'm I'm excited. So the 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 puppy's still with its mother for another week, and then uh, we get it. TJ, I wouldn't feel bad at all. You're still giving a dog a home. I know you're there for the uh, the rescue, you know, help rescue animals. Michael Buffer was on our show a couple weeks ago. We know how big he is in that. I'm on that. So you know what? You're making your son happy. Your wife has an issue. Uh, that she's overcoming. It's totally understandable. Enjoy this beautiful new dog, and I hope your son loves him like yeah, more than it. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to be best friends. Very cool. Last uh, story for the show, heartfelt. Um, since Connie Moultrup was a little girl, she's had the same quish, Christmas wish every year that she wanted to meet her biological mother, right? After 69 years, she finally did, and she did due to one of these DNA ancestry kits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so her mother's name is Genevieve Puritan. She's 88 years old. She gave birth to Connie Moultrup in 1949 at a hospital in Indiana. When she asked the staff to see her baby, they told her the child did not survive. Oh, my God. So she went home without her child, okay? The the child was brought to an orphanage, later adopted by a couple from Santa Barbara, California, Um and her adopted parents passed away about five years later, or five years later when she was five years old. All through this time, she didn't know anything. She only had three known relatives. She took the test. She found out who her mother is. They have been reunited together after 69 years of the mother not even knowing her daughter was alive. And her daughter only finding out through the DNA kit. She's gone from three known relatives to now having 1,600 relatives. Wow. I mean, how... Her- 
How crazy is it that after 69 years, you're still able to meet your biological mother? Unbelievable. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Enjoy it. You know, I enjoy thought my mother. dog story was good. That, that's a great story. Great story to end the show on. Real feel-good story. And uh, yeah, absolutely correct. So, all right, I'm heading out to uh, congratulations to them, and I hope they have a wonderful Christmas together. Just all their loved ones. Enjoy it. That's what this life is all about. That's what this season is all about. And I live Christmas 12 months a year. I try to have the Christmas effect every Oh, day. if I let my wife, like, keep up our decorations, I would literally live Christmas 12 months a year. My house looks like a freaking department store right now. Did you see the uh, commercial I did with Dave Manley and um, for the MMA bobblehead Christmas ornaments? No, I haven't. Oh, I got to send that to you to see that. No. So, so he came over to uh, to the house, right? Yep, and yep. he brought a Christmas tree with him, put it all up, decorated it, and then I and I, I wore the special Santa uh, suit, special Christmas suit that he brought. It's you know pretty funny. I, I don't think I'd wear it in public, but it worked well for the ad. So we filmed the ad and everything. I'm looking at this tree, and I go, "What are you going to do now?" He goes, "Well, I'm going to take it down." I go, "No, you're not." There is a tree with all the ornaments and lights oh, and bobbleheads awesome. sitting in my living room. Thank you, Dave. And this was before Thanksgiving. I'm, I've never I'm had sure, a tree before Thanksgiving. I'm sure Henry and Rupert love it. Not only do they love it, Dave took down all the ornaments and packaged them for me because Henry and Rupert wanted to decorate the tree. Of course, so right. Yeah, that's he is, awesome. He's such a good guy. I came back. Oh, Dave, what are you doing? He goes, well, I know you told me Henry and Rupert want to decorate the tree, so I took them all down and put them in the box, but the tree oh, is here. Oh, what a great guy. What a great guy, huh? That's yeah. Christmas spirit all the way around. All I, I, the way I, around. I still need to get my Bruce Buffer bobblehead. I haven't done it yet. Got, got it. I only have a couple here, TJ. I, no, I, no, I'm no, trying no. To... I don't want you to give me one of yours. I just, I need to do it. That's, that's a collector's item uh, worth getting, and uh, I'm sure you'll autograph it for me. So, absolutely, no question. All right, TJ, you got things to do. I got things to do. Christmas spirit's coming up. I'm starting to feel it, TJ. I'm getting into the Christmas spirit. I love this time of year. Everybody. Enjoy yourselves this week. Enjoy the Christmas spirit as it starts to flow into your body. Appreciate everybody around you. Treat everybody with respect. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a role model to your sphere of influence. Set your goals. Write them down. Learn about them. Be the best you can be when you set on that path to fulfill them. Because by being the best you can be, that means you're winning. And that's what we talk about on It's Time Radio. Life is all about winning and being the best you can be. Enjoy it. Learn it. Live it. Be it. Buffer out. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal, a safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller, I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. poodle pamperer, <laughs> piano tuner, or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer. <laughs> piano tuner. Or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Touch-free QR code payments. No seller fees until 2021. Not applicable to PayPal here transactions. Other fees may apply. Shop safe with PayPal. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.